Yo, 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 it's your boy Bonnie, and we have a great episode for you today. I mean, I do, because I'm doing this one alone. Joe Biden picked a cop as his running mate, and you already know why. We're going to tell you why your kid is probably going to get or already has coronavirus. And, <laughs> oh man, I'm going to show you how you can get $10 million from the government at the end of this episode. So strap in, it's DRH. Yo, 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 what's happening, everybody? Welcome back to DRH. My name is Bonjen. I am your friend. It is a beautiful Wednesday morning. Uh, getting this Wednesday epi out a little late today. Um, if you can't already tell, doing the pod solo, uh, going on this solo venture right now. Um, Monsieur Caller John David Ricker is on um, a leave of absence chilling in the bay doing some stuff literally letting me know last minute that he, he's not gonna be on today's episode i was not gonna do it but then i was in the shower and i was like gotta do the pod can't skip the pod can't oh goodness excuse me can't let these people not have this content that they oh so desire we have a great episode for you today folks we have a lot to discuss um, it's going to be a little unorganized, just a tad. Um, I just realized that I'm filming this as well, so I should probably be looking at the camera. Um, it's going to be a little bit unorganized, might be a little shorter than our usual hour programming, but hey, that's okay. At least you're getting something, you ungrateful um, little people. Okay, so yeah, like I said, it's a beautiful Wednesday here in Los Angeles. Uh we are middle, beginning, end of, probably not the end of the pandemic. Um, got a lot of pandemic news. You know, we're all just getting through this. We're all just trying to, to keep our, our heads screwed on right. Um, later on in the episode, I'm going to show you how I am coping with uh, the worldwide pandemic. Can't escape it anywhere. Um, <clears throat> a little bit later in the episode. Um, but yeah, you know what? Um uh, Let's just jump into it. I don't have any drops today because I am not super prepared. So I don't have the news drop. I don't have really anything. You just get me. You just get my voice. You just get my beautiful face and my flawless skin. And my crispy audio coming from my shirt SM7B. Hopefully this episode is better quality than usual because we're not going through Zoom this time. So you're really just getting the full... Really, just the full range of the 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 beautiful SM the sure SM7B with the cloud lifter. Um, you guys don't fucking care. All right, let's just hop into it. Dun 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 dun. dun. In case you didn't know, and for the record, I called this several times months ago. Joe Biden, your boy Joe, the king of black people, who said that you're not black if you don't vote for him. Um, 
chose Kamala Harris as his running mate for President of the United States. So, a lot of mixed reactions about this. Um, I'm going to get into what I think in a moment. But, uh, some people are happy. Some people are not happy for various reasons. Some people are happy because it's a a black woman. um, I believe the first black woman to run for vice president. Um... And I think I read the second woman to second woman ever to run for president or vice president. So, you know, if Biden wins, wins this is good news for her because she's basically going to be running the show with her hand all the way up Biden's booty hole just doing what she wants to do since uh he doesn't really do much of anything. So, yeah, um so some people are happy about that. Uh I said that he was going to choose her Months ago, because Biden has, as an old fella, like Trump, he has a lot of um, racial gaffes. One of them being (laughs) saying confidently on Charlemagne the God show, looking into the camera with 100% confidence, if you have to choose between me or Trump, then you're not black. Um, Yeah. Uh, What else? (laughs) What else did he say? I remember he said something along the lines of Obama is one of the good blacks. Um, I remember he said something along the lines of, not along the lines of, but he said that uh, poor kids are just the same as white kids. Um, You know, so this is is really a, uh, this is really um, definitely a move to, definitely a move to show the young people that, hey guys, I'm, I can't be racist because Barry's my boy and also Kamala's my girl, so, uh, my sister, so, I don't fucking know, uh, probably a better, probably a better move than choosing, uh, what's her face, the other lady that was running, but I don't know, anyway, uh, pretty interesting, huh, that, um, we, there was this huge movement not too long ago to abolish the police and Joe Biden chooses Kamala Harris who has a pretty shady history on criminal justice as you guys don't know if you guys don't know she was uh um what was she doing what was her fucking she was the criminal justice something I am totally pulling a blank here. I'm so sorry, guys. I just smoked a fat bowl. Kamala Harris. Dun, 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 dun. This is DRH, because, you know, we do that fucking research on the spot. No shame. Uh, uh, uh. Serving as the junior states, United States senator. She was the senator in California since 2017. That's the word I was looking for. Well, at least she has some political um, background. Anyway, this is um, an article from our friends of the Appeal um, affiliates. Kamala Harris's criminal justice record killed her presidential run. Whatever could they mean by that? News broke, and this is from December, by the way. This is this is uh, BC before COVID. News broke on Tuesday that Kamala Harris was ending her run for president. While there were a number of reasons her candidacy was not successful, the chief among them was her decision to brand herself as a progressive 
prosecutor. Uh uh uh. You know those 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 guys on the left do not like that that, that prosecutor. Don't like prisons in general, honestly. Um, she was not, at least by today's standards, the Achilles heel. Fuck my sure SM7B. Sorry guys. The Achilles heel for the Harris campaign began began as a perceived lack of authenticity. Um, there is no better example of the gap between public presentation and historical record than her mischaracterization of who she was and what she did from 2014, I'm sorry, 2004-2015 when she was San Francisco's district attorney and then California's attorney general. In truth, Harris's record reveals that she is a centrist on criminal justice. Now, the majority of, I believe, and actually polls show, the majority of Americans are centrists right they're not too far left they're not too far right they're just smack in the middle but that's not good enough for a lot of today's democrats you have to either be full progressive and or you're fucking hitler um i really wish caller john david ricker was here to dispute uh my talking but he's not so uh this is the bonjin show today um uh, yeah, so she's centers on criminal justice. Has she not run on that record or reckoned with it, including acknowledging the harm of her status quo policies inflicted? The outcome might have been different. It's understandable that Harris will want to claim progressive prosecutor label. Um, it is trending nationally now. It signals to voters that a candidate will break the failed tough on crime policies of the past. In the past five years, reform minded candidates across the country have run. Uh, and one top prosecutor posts on a message of ending money bail, refusing to prosecute low-level drug crimes, and vows to prosecute police officers who shoot unarmed civilians, and who are almost always black and brown men. I'm a black or brown man. Um, Harris positioned herself as the original progressive prosecutor. She was first elected to San Francisco's top prosecutor in 2004. As a district attorney, she pledged to never impose the death penalty, defying... The city's police department and Democratic leaders who were clamoring for the execution of a 21-year-old who killed an undercover police officer. She later wrote a book called Smart on Crime that urged officials to abandon the tough-on-crime policies of the past and instead favor rehabilitation over punishment. By the standards of the time, claiming a smart-on-crime mantle was lonely territory for an elected prosecutor. But Harris fell behind the curve over the past 15 years as the nation's sense of the scope and moral urgency of needed reforms to the criminal legal system, especially to the role of elected prosecutors, shifted dramatically. The shift revealed that Harris's brand of progressive prosecution was really just slightly less awful prosecution, a politics and set of policies that are meant uh, being complicit in securing America's position as the world's leading jailer. As Attorney General, she weaponized technicalities to keep wrongfully convicted people behind bars rather than allow them new trials with competent counsel and prosecutors willing to play fair one of them kevin cooper is on death row another george gage will die in prison without intervention from the governor um, in both cases harris had the power to change the outcome she could have dismantled the dna testing in cooper's case she refused she could have conceded gage's conviction was based on the prosecutor's decision to suppress evidence that devastated the credibility of the sole witness against us and she didn't Harris also failed to hold police and prosecutors accountable for misconduct. In Orange County, where a sprawling jailhouse informant scandal has robbed countless people of their right to a fair trial, her lack of meaningful oversight has contributed to a crisis of legitimacy that continues to upend the county's criminal justice system. Um, so yeah, uh, she obviously has a not-so-squeaky-clean record. I could go on. This 
article uh, continues like pretty deep into it. I want to read another one. Um, this one is called How Kamala Harris Fought to Keep Nonviolent Prisoners Locked Up. This is from The American Prospect. Uh, this was written pretty recently. This was on July 30th. Kamala Harris, a leading candidate to Joe Biden's running mate, repeatedly and openly defied U.S. Supreme Court orders to reduce overcrowding in California's prison while serving as the state's attorney general, according to legal documents reviewed by the prospect. Working in tandem with Governor Jerry Brown, Harris and her legal team defiled motions that were condemned by judges and legal experts in obstructionist bad faith and nonsensical, at one point even suggesting that the Supreme Court lacked the jurisdiction to order a reduction Excuse me, in California's prison population. Uh, oh, god damn. Um... Despite a straightforward directive from the Supreme Court to identify prisoners for release over a two-year period, upholding a 2009 ruling that mandated the same action over the same timeline, the state spent the majority of that period seesawing back and forth between dubious legal filings and flagrant disregard by early 2013. It became clear that the state had no intention to comply, uh, leading to a series of surprisingly combative exchanges while Harris Harris's ultimately unsuccessful presidential campaign saw questions raised about her criminalization of truancy and her tough on crime reputation during her time at San Francisco's district attorney. Her role in California's prison reduction case largely flew under the radar, though it was decried at the time. As concerns grow about Donald Trump's subversion of the law, he, along with the Attorney General Wilma Barr, is currently defying a Supreme Court ruling by refusing to restart the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, the potential Democratic vice presidential nominee engaging in relatively seminal obstinacy is jarring. Okay, um, so yeah, now you get a little bit of taste of that side. I want to, I saw this article pretty in favor of Kamala. I want to read so you get both sides so you know what's going on. Um, dun, 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 dun. Apple News, news curated by Apple, news curated by Apple, okay, 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 I saw a thing, Kamala, um, alright, well, I can't find what I was looking for, but I do. I did find this one thing from the Washington Post. Our good friends at the Washington Post, owned by I don't know. It doesn't make sense. The Washington Post, the left Washington Post, owned by super evil Jeff Bezos, right? Like, okay. This is called. Uh. Dude, I don't even want to talk about Kamala Harris anymore. Like, I honestly don't give a fuck. Like, I don't give a shit. Do you give a shit? Like, can we move on, please? God damn. All right, let's get into something fun. Let's get into some coronavirus news. Dun 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 dun. dun. All right, Rona. So, coronavirus news. I got a uh, quick story. I got a coronavirus test yesterday. And this is like my third or fourth time getting a test. And I thought I made an appointment. But I guess I didn't finish the process. And I like showed him my old ticket thing. 
and they're like, oh, this is old, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I don't have an appointment, and they're like, I don't know, and they wrote something down, and they were like, okay, you're fine, and I looked at what they wrote down, it was all scratched out, I'm expecting a false positive, but we'll fucking see, who knows these days, alright, so, run run news, Uh, cases fall below 50,000 for a second straight day, this was yesterday, so I don't know if it's still true today, um, uh, this is kind of sucky. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, infections in children have spiked 90% in the past month. I'm going to pull up this article right here. This is from CNN. Uh, there's been a 90% increase. 90 in the number of COVID cases among children in the United States in the last four weeks, according to a new analysis by the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Association that will be updated weekly. Dr. Sean O'Leary, Vice Chair of the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, Committee on Infectious Diseases, told CNN's Anderson Cooper on Monday that the coronavirus cases in children should be taken seriously. It's not fair it's not fair to say that this virus is completely benign in children, said O'Leary. We've had ninety deaths in children in the US already in just a few months. Every year we worry about influenza in children, and there are roughly one hundred deaths in children from influenza every year. <coughs> Louis said the multiple factors have led to a recent increase in the number of coronavirus effects in children in the past couple of weeks, including increased testing, increased movement among children, and a rise in infection among the general population. When you see a lot more infections in the general population, you're going to see more infections in children, said O'Leary. We also take this virus seriously, um, including care for our children, said O'Leary. Death is still rare. The new report uses case numbers provided by state health departments of 49 states, New York City, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, and Guam. There were 179,990 new COVID-19 cases among U.S. children between July 9th and August 6th, according to the report. At least 380,000 total child COVID-19 cases have been reported as of August 6th. As of right now, it still appears that severe symptoms are rare among children with COVID-19 infections. That's good news. Children were between 0.5% and 5.3% of total hospitalizations, according to data from the states that record the information. Children were 0 to 0.4% of all COVID-19 deaths. 19 states have reported no child deaths. In states that track the details, 0 to 0.5% of all child COVID-19 cases resulted in death. However, experts worry that those numbers may increase in cases in children rise and more children with autoimmune disorders and other risk factors are expected. As case counts around the board, that is likely to impact more children and severe illnesses as well. The AAP called for an effective testing strategy so that communities can make the right choice about opening schools. In areas of rapid community spread, it's likely that more children will also be infected, and these data show that it's up to us to make the difference community by community to protect everyone in our communities, children, teens, older adults. We must follow public health measures. Okay, here's my thoughts. Um, a couple minutes left in this try. Um, so, look, vaccine's not going to come for a hot minute, right? Right, hot take, hot take right here. Kids are very, very, very like all over each other. So, if one kid gets it at school, everybody's gonna get it at school, right? The good news is that these statistics state 
that there is a 0 to 0.5% chance that your child will die from this, which is pretty fucking low. Um, so, one of the things that I heard, one of the theories that I heard was, since it's so um, non-lethal to children, send the kids back to school, socially distanced, smaller classrooms, have a younger teacher, not someone that's like 70 years old who can die from COVID, maybe someone like 20, 21, 22, teaching the class, maybe the older person making the lesson plan and the younger person actually teaching, maybe zooming in every once in a while, you know, because it's important for kids to be the school at school it's important for kids to socialize young kids especially young kids are definitely going to be having trouble learning online um high school is a little different i think high schoolers have the attention span to sit in front of a computer maybe even junior hires but like like elementary school i think that they should be at school they should be socializing with their friends and unless they have like an autoimmune deficiency they should probably be homeschooled but, you know, school's important because it's not only education, it's childcare for a lot of people. So, you know, that's my hot, hot take. But, you know, we're going to take a quick, quick break break and we'll be right back. Yo, 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 what's everybody, what's up everybody, welcome back to Dark Racial Humor, free-flowing end-up conversation about whatever's appropriate at the time. I'm your host, Bonjen, caller John David Ricker could not be with us here today. It is the Wednesday episode, we're just going through all the news, we're chilling out, having a beautiful morning, I'm sipping on my cup of joe, I'm very hungry, a little too lazy to make breakfast, but, um, we're just hanging out, we're having a great morning. It's about 10.45 a.m. I'm going to get this pot up. I'm going to get a little bit of work done. I hope everybody's having a great day. It's a beautiful day here in Los Angeles. I might hit the beach later, go for a run. Who knows, dude? I'm a single man. I live alone. I have no kids. Life is good. No complaints. I hope life is good for you, too. All right. So we got a lot to talk about today. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, we were just talking about a little bit of coronavirus news. Uh, we were talking about how infections in children have spiked 90% in the past month, but how deaths are 0 to 0.5%. I gave my hot take about schools. I want to know what you think. Drop us a line on our Instagram at Dark Racial Humor or leave us a comment on our YouTube. Just search Dark Racial Humor and all of our full episodes and clips will be there okie dokie uh oh yikes all right new zealand records first couple cases and for the first time in 102 days is that what i read yep 102 days this is from the guardian auckland enter lockdown as arden confirms four members of a family have tested positive 
Bum, 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 bum. Wow, they really had no fucking cases for 102 days, huh? All right, a swift early lockdown appeared to have quashed the spread of COVID-19 and made New Zealand and the envy of the world as daily life returned to normal, free from restrictions. But all that changed on Tuesday when four cases of the coronavirus, the first spread, the first of the spread locally from an unknown source in more than 100 days, were diagnosed in Auckland, plunging New Zealand's largest city into a strict three-day lockdown. The mystery cases were all diagnosed in one family, and Jacinda Ardern, New Zealand's Prime Minister, said many questions remain about their source. At a hastily arranged late-night news conference at Parliament in Wellington on Tuesday, Ardern said those who had tested positive did not work at the county's borders and had not traveled overseas. They also had no known connection with the manager's the managed isolation facilities where all new New Zealanders returning to the country from overseas must spend two weeks in quarantine. Before the fresh cases on Tuesday, all 22 active cases of the coronavirus in New Zealand were diagnosed in isolation at the quarantine hotels. One of the new cases was diagnosed in a person in their 50s who lives in South Auckland. That person uh, was tested on Monday and a second test on Tuesday also returned positive. Three others of the six people living in the house have tested positive for the coronavirus. Um, one of those diagnosed was a preschooler. The family's contacts in multiple workplaces are being tested. Now officials are asking Aucklanders to stay at home for at least three days, starting from noon on Wednesday, as they attempt to trace the source of the infections. Under so-called Level 3 rules, one step down from the strictest Level 4, Aucklanders should not go outside unless they need to travel for work or they are shopping or exercising. Contact with others should be kept to a minimum. With all schools and child care centers and most businesses closed, supermarkets will remain open and takeaway food and coffee will be available. In the meantime, case numbers are expected to rise. We're expecting to see other cases, Ashley Bloomfield, New Zealand's direct um, Director General of Health, said. We want to find those other cases as soon as possible and identify or isolate any contacts. Since early June, when all remaining restrictions except the strict border controls eased on the country. New Zealanders have reveled in being one of the safest and most relaxed countries in the world when it came to COVID-19, so much so that Arden and Bloomfield have begun to warn in recent weeks of complacency. The country would certainly see a community outbreak of the virus began, she said. I know all this information will be difficult to receive, Arden said in the live broadcast news on Wednesday, when she announced the new cases. As a team, we've also been here before, she told New Zealanders. We know that if we have a plan uh, to stick with it, we can work through it, the difficult, unknown situations. How the hell does this thing spread? Because, like, I know people that literally don't do anything, and they just get it. Does it just appear in you? Like, this is obviously more transmittable than the flu. I didn't know anything could be this contagious. Have you ever seen contagion? That shit where you touch people? Like, you don't even have to touch people to give this people the... It's fucking crazy. Every time someone comes close to me with or without a mask on, I get scared. You know? People come to my house and they take off their mask. That doesn't make any sense to me because my place is small as fuck. So... Why would you take off your mask? You should put on your mask. You should take your mask off outside of anything because you're outside. Speaking of which, I really got that coronavirus test because I played basketball, outside basketball a little bit ago. Bunch of people I don't know. We were all up on each other and, you know, so just want to be sure. Just want to make sure I'm not having any any bullshit. So, yeah, um, hopefully New Zealand gets this. 
out of control, it's over for the rest of the world. We're pretty much just waiting on this vaccine, which may or may not come, by the way. Speaking of vaccines, you see this, you hear about this? Let's talk about our good pals over in Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. And then that'll be enough uh, Corona news for one day, because... You can really only take so much of this stuff, you know. It's not really good for the mental health. Uh, 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 uh. So Russia apparently is moving forward with a vaccine. Um. Uh, apparently they're not doing final trials and U.S. officials are warning that they're uh, going too fast. This is from BBC News. little BBC action. <laughs> Ooh. Coronavirus Russia calls international concern over vaccine groundless. Russia has dismissed mounting international concern over the safety of its locally developed COVID-19 vaccine as absolutely groundless. On Tuesday, it said a vaccine had been giving regulatory approval after less than two months of testing on humans. Uh oh. But experts were quick to raise concerns about the speed of Russia's work, and a growing list of countries have expressed skepticism. Scientists in Germany, France, Spain, and the U.S. have all urged caution. It seems our foreign colleagues are sensing the specific competitive advantages of the Russian drug and are trying to express opinions that are absolutely groundless. Re- uh, Russia's health minister. Merkel Marshako told the Interfax news agency on Wednesday. He added that a vaccine will be available soon. The first packages of the medical vaccine will be received within the next two weeks, primarily for doctors, Dr. Moroshko said. Moroshko. Moroshko. Coronavirus vaccine, when will we have one? Encouraging results of vaccine trials. Russian spies. T- oh, these are just links. Russian officials have said they... Uh, Plan to start mass vaccination in October. The announcement on Tuesday was made by President Vladimir Putin, who said the vaccine has passed all required checks and his daughter had already been given it. Wow. Wow. Uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, but the World Health Organization said it was in talks with the Russian authorities about the undertaking or review of the vaccine, which has been named Sputnik V. It is not among the organization's list of six vaccines that have reached phase three clinical trials, which involve more widespread testing in humans. What has the reaction been? The progress, Russia says, it has made a coronavirus vaccine that has been met with skepticism. All right. I'm just going to write the same thing twice. I was listening to a podcast that said... Uh, even if a vaccine came out this year, a lot of Americans wouldn't even get it because it came out too soon. Because vaccines usually take half a decade to create. And the AIDS like medication took like more than a decade. So, like we'll see. Um, would I get it personally? If a vaccine came out today, today, I would be like, yo, I'm going to maybe wait like a year see what's up I don't know but I don't know it seems like a vaccine is the only thing that could save us at this time I also saw a tweet a while ago that said uh, anti-vaccinators want a world with no vaccine here's the world without one vaccine so imagine that alright 
I'm done with Corona news. Let's move on, my friends. Oh, wait. Okay, I got to talk about one more Corona thing. Kind of. Kind of. Okay, so have you seen those people that wear masks that are, like, um, made out of, uh, I guess it's, what's the stretchy material called? Yoga pants are made out of it? Polyester? I don't know. Um... Uh, and my storage disk is almost full, so we may need to cut this episode short in a second. Um, so yeah, so those 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 things that go over your mouth, like you wear them around your neck, they're called neck gaiters. Apparently, they're worse than not wearing a mask at all. This is from our friends at the Washington Post. As the number of novel coronavirus cases continues to rise nationwide, the recurring message from Many public health experts and doctors has been simple. Wearing masks saves lives. Yeah, no fucking shit. We are not defenseless against COVID-19, Robert R. Redfield, director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said on July. Cloth-free face coverings, coverings are one of the most powerful weapons uh, we have to slow the spread of the virus, particularly when universally within a community setting. But as face coverings have become increasingly commonplace in American life, so has questions about efficacy and how a group of researchers from Duke University are aiming to prove some answers. In a recent published study, the researchers unveiled a simple method to elevate the effectiveness of various types of masks, analyzing more than a dozen different... Fuck! My microphone fell. Analyzing more than a different... Um, a dozen different facial coverings, ranging from hospital-grade N95 respirators to bandanas. Of the 14 masks and other coverings tested, the study finds that some of the easily acceptable cotton cloth masks are about as effective as standard surgical masks, while other popular alternatives, such as neck gaiters, made of thin stretching material, may be worse than not wearing a mask at all. You can really see the mask is doing something, said one of the study's co-authors, Warren S. Warren. <laughs> Great name. Professor of Physics, Chemistry, Radiology, and Biomedical Engineering, said at Duke. There's a lot of controversy, and people say, well, masks don't do anything. Well, the answer is some don't, but most do. The research for a way to determine the effectiveness of different masks began with a request from the professor of Duke's medical school who was working to provide ma- uh, provide at-risk and underserved population germ uh, with a critical face covering, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so basically they're saying that when you wear a neck gaiter, the droplets, um, the droplets... Oh, spandex is the word I was looking for. A fitted N95 mask, what is used commonly by hospital workers, was the most effective, noting the mask allowed no droplets at all to come out. Meanwhile, a breathable neck gaiter, well, uh, well liked by runners for its lightweight fabric, ranked worse than no mask than a no mask control group. The gaiter tested by the researchers was described in the study as neck fleece made out of polyester spandex. The neck gaiters are extremely common in places because they're very convenient to wear, but the exact reason why they're so convenient, which is that people which is why they don't restrict air. It's the reason why they're not doing much a job of helping people. So yeah, basically. They don't restrict air. They're intended they uh not intended to be used as medical grade face masks or replacing for N ninety five. Um Yeah. Uh, like makes sense. You can breathe through it easily. So yeah, just wear a real fucking mask, god damn it. Jesus. It's not that hard. Um <laughs> Alright, I want to hop out of this Corona news. Hopefully I don't run out of space, because I know this is 
just eating up space on my hard drive. Bum, 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 bum. See if we can get one more story in on this trimester. Dun, 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 dun. Let's talk about Uber. Our good friends over at Uber. Full disclosure, I am an investor in Uber. Uh, so yeah, just so you know. This is from The Verge. Uber may shut down in California if forced to classify drivers as employees, CEO says. Um, Uber may shut down one of its largest markets in the U.S. if it's forced to classify drivers as employees. The company's CEO, Dara... Oh, oh, shit. Oh, there's not enough space. Uh, but we're still, we're still recording on the audio. Um, uh, hold on. Let me save this real quick. Uh, the, uh... H one eight one. I'm gonna save this. I'm just gonna say this on giant for now. Save. Okay. So, all right, we're back. So, Uber may be forced to shut down operators. Operations are forced to classify their people as employees. Earlier this week, Uber and Lyft were ordered by a California Superior Court judge to classify their drivers as employees. At issue in the classification of ride-hailing drivers as independent contractors, which Uber and Lyft say most drivers prefer because of the flexibility and ability to set their own hours, but labor unions and elected officials contend this deprives them of national of traditional benefits like health insurance and workers' compensation. Both companies have said they would appeal the ruling, which stayed for 10 days. Um, but if their appeal fails, Uber may have to close up shop in California, Goroshki said. If the court doesn't reconsider them in, uh, then in California, it's hard to believe we'll be able to switch our model to full-time employment quickly. In May, <coughs> in May, California Attorney General Xavier Becara, along with uh, city attorneys of Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Diego, sued Uber and Lyft, arguing that their drivers were misclassified as independent contractors when they should be employees under the state's AB5 law that went into effect on January 1st. Oh, I'm actually familiar with this law. Becerra uh, later filed a motion for the preliminary injunction that would compel the ride-hailing companies to classify drivers as employees immediately. AB5, which was signed into law last September, enshrines the so-called ABC test to determine if someone is a contractor or an employee. In his ruling in favor of Becerra's preliminary injunction, Superior Court Judge Ethan Shulman said Uber and Lyft's arguments that drivers work is outside the company's usual course of business. Uh, flies in the face of economic reality and common sense. If drivers were classified as employees, Uber and Lyft would be responsible for paying the minimum wage, overtime compensation, paid rest periods, and reimbursements for the cost of driving for the companies, including personal vehicle mileage. But as independent contractors, drivers receive none of these benefits. The flurry of lawsuits and court filings in California (coughs) comes ahead of the November election, uh, when the state's voters for the side or an Uber and Lyft backed ballot measure that would override AB5 classifying ride-hailing drivers and other gig economy workers as independent contractors, the ballot measure is seen as Uber and Lyft's backstop if the state is determining violating AB5. Okay. So all of those benefits sound great, but I know a friend that... I have a friend that literally moved out of the state because he didn't... He's a sound engineer, and he didn't want to pay taxes... He said he would make more money being an independent contractor, so he packed up his family and he moved to New York. So, but being an Uber driver, 
like a lot you lose a lot of money paying for gas so like that in itself and also if you fucking fuck up your car like uber's not gonna fucking help you out i don't think so but i understand uber's position because they are a business and they want to save money wherever they can apparently they're burning through money right now i know this because i am an investor in uber disclaimer um but yeah so it'll be interesting to see (coughs) 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 holy shit um excuse me it'll be interesting to see where they uh see this is god damn it this is what fucking coffee does to me man it'll be interesting to see where they go with this um what do you think? Do you think Uber should classify their drivers as employees? Does it matter? <coughs> Jesus, tickle. Does it matter to you? Do you care? Let me know. Um, so, yeah. We'll be right back with more Dark Racial Humor after the break. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Dark Racial Humor, free-flowing, in-depth conversation about whatever is appropriate at the time. I'm your host, Bon Jan, doing it alone. Caller John David Ricker is not with us today. It's the Wednesday episode. Um, we're just getting through it. It's a beautiful day here in L.A. We hope everybody is having a great day out there. I really have to take a shit, so let's get through this third trimester as quick as possible. So, what is next on the docket for today? Um, uh, 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 uh. You want to make some money? The U.S. government will pay you $10 million. Um, I have the story somewhere. <sighs> oh, God. Don't yell on my pod. This is from a website called Input. <coughs> <coughs> Never heard of him. USGO puts 10 million bounty on foreign hackers trying to mess with the election. 
The U.S. government is offering rewards up to $10 million for information that could lead to identification of hackers attempting to interfere in the upcoming presidential election. The reward applies to foreign hackers who are in violation of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, a broad law that criminalizes any unauthorized access to computers. <sighs> While the rewards could be up to $10 million, the State Department didn't specifically say that the payouts will be for varying degrees of information. Two forms of interference. The only problem here is that some might say that the real re the real threat is not unauthorized access to computers, but perfectly lawful exploitation of platforms like Facebook, where misinformation runs rampant. There's nothing technically illegal about posting false information on social media, but it's pretty much the de facto way that politicians and state-coordinated groups interfere with elections. Russian-backed hackers were able to steal cherry-picked emails from Hillary Clinton's campaign, Sure, but at the time, same time, President Trump uses his large platform to dis disseminate false and derogatory information that his loyal supporters would believe both forms of interference need addressing. Facebook continues to make repeated mistakes that undermines its claims that it's prepared for the 2020 election in a way that it wasn't in 2016. It's been shutting down coordinated groups of misinformation, but it's also hesitant to take action against any politician spreading fake news. It was recently discovered that a bug on Instagram was favoring Trump over Biden. What was suggested search terms for Biden skewing more negatives? Okay, yeah, I don't. All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you got any info on that? That's a quick made way to make ten million dollars. All right. Uh, I'm done talking about the news for now. I just want to chill. I just want to relax. I just want to talk about just unwind, see how everybody's doing. How everybody's mind state is doing in this pandemic. I know it's easy to get anxious. It's easy to get depressed. I'm going to take the last 15 or so minutes of the podcast to share with you all what I have been doing in order to, you know, kind of just keep my head calm and just do my thing. So, the first thing I've been doing, super important, and it helps a shit ton is exercise get the fuck out of your house and go on a goddamn walk go on a fucking jog do some push-ups do some pull-ups do something and don't just do it once do it every day and don't do it for like 10 minutes do it for like 30 minutes 45 minutes an hour get that blood flowing because exercise has been proven to help with depression doing yoga i don't do that much yoga anymore but doing yoga definitely fucking helps um like just getting blood flowing through your body can really put your mind at ease you know a lot of people are anxious a lot of people are depressed because they're focusing on things that they can't control you can't control this pandemic like you have no control that's why that's why you're depressed that's why you're anxious that's why like you don't really know what's going on nobody knows what's going on but what you can control is your attitude about it by Exercising every day by building that discipline, your mental becomes stronger and you're able to easily more focus on things you can control, right? And then you'll stop worrying about things you can't control and at the same time, you'll be less worried about things. So whenever I get a little bit anxious, I just pause, I go on a walk, I go on a run, I put on some music and it really allows you to forget about everything that's going on so it's super important to do that another thing that's important to do is to work on yourself a little bit every day and by that i mean 
um, improve yourself every day. Exercising every day is self-improvement, but I'm talking about something else. Like, teach yourself something every day. Like, read a book for an hour. Um, watch a TED Talk. Like, do an online course. Learn to fucking code. Learn a new skill. Like, do something. Don't just sit and fucking rot and do nothing. You know? Uh, if you're sitting on unemployment like me, apply for, like, some jobs that you know you're not going to get, right? And then maybe work down from that until you get to a job that you want to get. And apply for, like, I don't know, fucking two jobs a day. You know? Because at least you can say every day I'm working towards something, you know? So that's kind of the mindset I've been trying to cultivate for myself during this whole pandemic. And it's really, I feel like it's really helped. Um, I know people, I know a lot of people that are struggling right now, especially because with everything that's going on, but you know, they're not really doing anything about it. They're kind of just accepting fate when they can actively work to change their mindset because they're no different than me. They're able-bodied. They fucking have like some form of income. You know, you don't have to go to a bar or travel, like, to to ease your mind. You can go on a fucking... I love going on hikes by myself. It's so fucking just... Just throwing on some classical music, going on a hike, and really just easing your mind, you know? You really gotta go outside. And going outside, getting fresh air, being in the sun, really, really helps. Really, really helps. All right. So that's my two cents. It was a short third trimester, but I just have to get my two cents in. I hope everybody out there is having a great day. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Um, hopefully, College on David Ricker is back with us on Friday. So we can do a regular episode. I hope you enjoy this uh, kind of short Wednesday epi. Um, and yeah, we will catch you next week. Peace.